What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Joe Jesse, and you're listening to the Truth Pace Podcast, Episode 5. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Santa Fe High shooting, and then we're going to share a story that I think defined me as a person. I appreciate everybody who's been listening. I hope you enjoy, and uh, make sure you subscribe. Got a lot more to talk about. Going to be bringing on some special guests here in a little bit. I'll talk a little bit more about what it is I got planned for uh, Truth Pace moving forward. But like I said, I appreciate everybody who's listened. Those of you who have subscribed, shout out to you. And uh, let's get into it. First and foremost, condolences to those lost. Santa Fe High It's messed up man The whole shit is messed up man And so many of us Want to talk about what we can do to stop it Or what we can do to change it How can we never talk about What's the cause of it Or what drove a 17 year old To do something like this Why are more and more teenagers doing stuff like this? We talk about where are they getting the guns, where are they getting access to the guns. We know where they're getting access to the guns. We know where they're getting the guns. We buy them. We love guns in this country. So what? Doesn't mean we need to be going out and shooting innocent people doesn't mean you need to go to your school and start shooting innocent people what drove you to do that it wasn't the purchasing of guns something else made you do that so what was going on and why is it that no one seems to know what was going on with this 17 year old that would drive him to do something like this So many people have said that they didn't see this coming. He was a quiet kid, kept to himself. No one really said they saw any signs. Why? How? Are we all that busy? We're all so busy that we can't see the signs? Or is this just one of those cases where he didn't show any signs and it was just a freak accident? God-awful freak accident. Which one do you think? I can't seem to figure it out. I can't seem to figure it out what it is that is creating this culture where shooting people is the norm. I get it. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain, and I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager these days. I'm 31, soon to be 32. And when I was in my early 20s, I used to work with teenagers doing these summer youth programs, and I get an opportunity to know them and kind of pick their brain a little bit. And, you know, 10 years ago, It was tough to be a teen. I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager now. 
the amount of information you have access to, kind of the public scrutiny that comes with social media. (coughs) It's a lot. Dealing with emotions, shit going on at home with your family, stuff going on at school, outside of school. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not saying I understand how someone would be driven to do something like this. <coughs> Excuse me. But what I am saying is that I understand there's a lot of pressure in the world for teens. There's a lot of pressure in the world today for teens. And it seems like there's not enough of us listening. If there are no signs shown, do we not recognize the signs? Or did we not open up a space for this young man to kind of share what was going on? We don't know. He could answer that. It won't take back what he did. And he needs to be punished for what he did. And rightfully so. But in a moment like this, can we all take a step back and kind of look at what the fuck just happened? Why did this happen? What would drive you to do such a thing? At what moment what did you determine that it was okay to separate fiction and reality? Those video games that you were playing, at what moment did you feel that you could cross over from what was happening in the video game and insert that into your real life? What was the thought process behind that? What could have saved you? Or do you feel like you were born this way? It doesn't make any sense. There's so many shootings in this country. Recently went to Catalina Island. Me and my little family went to Catalina Island. And as soon as we got to the island, the gentleman who worked on the ferry saw that the flag was at half-mast. And he asked, why is the the flag at half-mast? Was there another shooting? We're like, yeah, uh, Santa Fe High School. He's like, oh, man, it's terrible. This was two days I believe after the shooting had happened I don't know what was more disappointing the fact that he guessed correctly that there was another shooting or the fact that that's become the norm for him to just guess that was and it was so crazy to me to think that that's what he guessed and he was right yeah you're right there was another shooting there was another mass shooting there was another mass shooting at a school there was another mass shooting at a high school as a parent 
my child will be two soon. So I've got a little bit of a ways. But for those of you that have tweens, may God give you patience as the fear of what to do next starts to creep in. I know a lot of my friends, a conversation recently has been, yo, fuck these schools. And not because you don't want your children to learn, but because shit, you don't feel like it's safe anymore. On more than one occasion, I've had conversations with my friends where the conversation is kind of like, look, is there a way we could put together like a 10 to 15 kid homeschool type of deal? A lot of our children are around the same ages. Some kids would be accelerated. Some kids would maybe sped through or or held back to balance it all out. But shit, at least nobody's shooting. It's the thought, the thought of having to do that. Having to homeschool. There's there's benefits of homeschooling. I would think. I don't know. I've never been homeschooled. And I don't know anyone that was homeschooled. At least I don't know anyone close to me uh, that was homeschooled enough for me to speak on it. But I would imagine that there are pros to being homeschooled. Cons, of course, certain social things that you could potentially miss out on. But it's... It's strange how now it's getting to the point where homeschooling is a way to protect your child when for so long homeschooling was a way to destroy your child. Or at least that was the perception. But my, how have things changed? Merely for the sake of safety. And it's insane to think that You can't go to school without knowing where the exits are. I read an article on CNN, I believe it was on CNN, about what it's like as a substitute teacher. One of the victims that was killed was a substitute teacher. Imagine that. Imagine that. And for those of you who are a little bit more shallow, the average rate per hour for a substitute teacher in that area, $12. 12 to $15 an hour. You do the math. That a day, your life is on the line for a little over $100 a day. Seriously, they had one gentleman who was a substitute teacher who was there, 24 years old. Why a 24-year-old is a substitute teacher at a high school is beyond me in a whole nother conversation. To me, that combination is deadly, and it's no wonder we're starting to see an increase in teachers fucking students. But anyway, 24 years old. Shots start going off. He doesn't know the best route to get out of the building. 
he probably isn't too familiar with where the shots could possibly even be coming from. He just knows that they're close enough to where he needs to do something. They barricade the door, tells all the students to get down on the ground, cover their mouths and cover their screaming. And they made it out of there. But think about that. 24 years old. A class full of students. Essentially a classroom full of responsibilities. 15 to 30 responsibilities. That from the time that they are in that room. From the time that they leave that room. Are your responsibilities. You got to protect them. A lot of people probably just shit their pants. No lie. Fold under the pressure like origami. But this guy. He managed to. Get into fire flight mode. And he fought. But it's just crazy to think. That perspective is realistic. Imagine what that's like. It's crazy. It's it's insane. They had. Conversations about how. The kid didn't really show. Too many signs. Of what was going on. Except for one friend. Who said that. He had changed. From being friends with him. To going to a new group of buddies. Which I'm sure. Will be exploited. In the media. At this point. I'm going to kind of. Tune out of it. Just because. What's the point? The damage is done. The people have been killed. The families are destroyed. It's absolutely heartbreaking, horrendous. And we all would hope that it stops. Will it? Probably not. How many more will need to happen in order for us to say, hey, maybe we should take a look at this? I don't know. I mean, if Vegas were taking bets on what would come first, black people feeling like they're not being treated racially or mistreated racially for that matter, or this, which one do you think is going to happen first? I don't want to get into why these types of shootings don't happen and high schools where the predominant race are minorities or why shootings like this don't happen in the hood sure you could glorify a shooting happening outside the school between people that happens that's terrible that's fucked up it's awful should never happen Really, that's just as bad. It's just as bad. In my opinion. But in the eyes of most, someone bringing a shotgun to school in a 38 with the intention of killing students is a little bit worse. As opposed to two people having an issue and they shooting it out. Both are bad because it puts innocent people in harm's way. But a lot more would argue that someone coming into the school is a lot worse than someone doing something outside of the school. 
But a lot of the shooting happened was outside of the school. That's the crazy part. There's even an investigation going on right now if the police department that engaged in the shootout with him had actually hit some of the victims. Or if hit some of the people that were shot. And if that's the case, holy shit, it's going to get ugly. Police claim that they didn't. Most of the gunfire came from the offender side, which you got to say that. Ballistics will show something else, potentially. It'll show the truth. That's That's the sad part in all this is that somebody's lying. Somebody's in here lying. And whoever it is, well, I'll say whoever it is is going to have to pay up for it. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. We'll forget it never happened. Move forward, move on. Till next shooting happens. Right? Till next group of people dies. Huh? I don't know, man. We sit here and we all talk about gun violence and we talk about gun control and all this stuff, but what we don't talk about is where does our love for guns and weapons come from? Why do we love these things so much and why is it that we feel the need to use these things in these ways? Ultimately, as a parent, I'm scared as fuck. Because I think it's only going to get worse. I hope it doesn't. But what indicators do I have that it is? It's gonna, to me, it's going to get worse. That's not comforting. At all. Thoughts and prayers out to the families of those slain. God grant patience to those who have kids between the ages of 11 and 14. I know it's hard on y'all when I got a two-year-old. It's a little hard on me. Fresh it. Not a lot of people can say that they have the story that they know defines them as a person. I can say that I have that story. And not only do I have that story, I have that story at the young age of about 11. Actually, I was probably younger than that. I had to have been about 9 or 10, come to think of it. But it was on a Saturday morning... I found out how cold life could be. And it was at that very moment I found out that what you think is the truth may not necessarily be the truth, depending on who gets to decide what's true or not. Saturday morning, I'm playing with my basketball team. Shout out to the Hornets. And we're playing in a playoff game. We're playing against some team we haven't played against before. All I remember is that they had this kid 
who was so much taller than the rest of us. If I'm, if I'm, and to equivalent, if I'm six foot one right now, in my opinion, in equivalent, this kid had to have been about six eight. I mean, he was much taller than the rest of us. And what sucked is that he could hoop too. Not only was he tall, but he could hoop too. The whole first half, he's killing us. He's killing a guy guarding him. I'm not go he's not he's obviously not my my assignment. I'm too short. But I'm just watching him cook our guys over and over and over again. Ha ha crossover to the right. Layup. Crossover to the right. Layup. He's just right hand layup. He's killing us. And we're doing a good job. Like my team, we could hoop. We have some guys we could definitely hoop. <clears throat> and so halftime, our coach is pretty much like, look, man. Somebody's got to get this guy to go left. He hasn't gone left all game. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking. He hasn't gone left all game. In practice, coach makes us run drills where you force people to go left. Like if they go right, when you're trying to force them to go left, you have to run. So at this point, I'm thinking, why isn't anybody trying? We do this in practice all the time. I don't understand why this is so difficult third quarter roll around we kind of got him going left a little bit he's still out here hooping though (coughs) he'll fake left go left bang go back right lay up but we're matching these guys shot for shot he's really the only one hooping right now like the rest of his team they get rebounds and they get him the ball back and he finds a way to score or sometimes they'll knock down an open shot but for the most part it's just this guy hooping Fourth quarter rolls around. Coach is like, Joe, I need you to guard him and make him go left. And I'm looking at him like, why? Why me? I'm way shorter than this guy. Like, I'm not guarding him. And he's like, you're the only one that can make him go left. Just make him go left. I'm just like, oh, man. All right, cool. So we get out there, and I'm like, all right, so dude's tall. But if I just force him to go left, if I just really make it hard for him to go right, I could possibly make this work for me. And so, like, he sees that I'm guarding him, and I don't remember, but my, I'm, if I were him, I probably would have laughed when he saw that I was guarding him. I don't remember if he did that or not, but I would have laughed if he would have saw me. But I remember the first possession, I managed to get him to go left, force him into a tough shot, he missed it. So now I'm kind of like, okay, like, man, maybe I, maybe I can't guard this guy, right? And so, like, we're still hooping, right? Like, so we're we're still we're still playing. The game is pretty close. And so now it's like getting down into crunch time. It's probably within like the last two minutes of the game. <clears throat> I'm on this guy, forcing him to make him go left. I'm making it hard for him. Like I'm really I'm really locking him up. Like I'm not too focused on scoring. If I'm open, I'm definitely shooting the shot. But right now I'm kinda like my job is just to make sure this guy doesn't score. Like just make him go left. And we'll be good. So I'm just locking him up. He's going left. Couple times he beat me, and he'd go right, but I make it a difficult uh, shot, and he wouldn't. He really wouldn't get it off. So I was like, "All right, cool. I got lucky. We come down. Boom, boom, boom. Clock's winding down. <clears throat> There's probably about mm, 30 seconds left in the game. Scores tied. Or wait, no. Scores. Score's not tied. We're down one. We're down one. They have the ball. 
they come down the court. Do 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 do. They give it to their they give it to their guy. I'm on him, right? He tries to go right. Uh, stop him. He tries to go left. I, I let him go. He fakes. Tries to go back right. Uh, I'm forcing him to go left. Like I don't care what you do. You can have the left hand and try to score. I don't care. You are not going right on me right now. He manages to put a shot up, misses it, right? Long rebound. I chase after it. I got it. There's probably like 20 seconds left in the game at this point. I get the ball. I'm dribbling down court, right hand. Do, do, do. Guy at half court tries to get it ah, behind the back. Put it to the left hand. Do, 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 do. Three point line. One more guy. Crossover. Ah. I get to the free throw line. Stop. I slide on the court. Because the fucking Rainier Community Center court so goddamn dusty, nobody swept it in the morning. I put up the shot, knowing that I'm getting ready to fall. Bang, shot falls. Ref blows the whistle. Wait a minute, what's the call? Traveling. They call me for traveling because I slid on the floor. Man, shit was fucked up. It was at that point that I found out that this life was harsh, man. I thought they were going to let it go. I really thought they were going to let it go. I'm 10 years old. You don't call that. That's not my fault that the court's like this. Nah, they called it, fam. So now we're down. Now we're down one. They got the ball. Probably 12 seconds left. They switch off. Now I'm not guarding homie no more. They got me on somebody else because we made a substitution. Homie gets the ball, bat bat goes right, scores. Up three, we lose the game by three points. Man, I was devastated. I'm not going to lie, I cried. I was hurt. Oh, I was hurt, my G. I was so devastated. I got my barber to this day. My barber, he was at that game. I didn't even realize he was at that game. He saw me, he was just like, hey, man, keep your head up. He teased me. And he still teases me to this day about that game. But at that moment, he definitely told me to keep my head up. And ever since, that's been my guy. But he definitely calls me and teases me about that shit all the time, man. He calls me Slip and Slide. He calls me Traveling Joe. He calls me Mr. Glide. Like, show basketball. Like, he just don't, he don't let me live that one down, man. He knows that moment hurt me, man. So I'm in the car going home. It's quiet. Even at that age, when I lost basketball games, I did not like to talk afterwards. Even to this day, you could, you ask anyone, ask anyone what it's like to be around me after I lose a basketball game. It's not pleasant. (laughs) It's not pleasant. It's not that I'm going to snap at you. It's just that the energy I'm giving off is not positive. It's not positive. It's like a sulking, angry, like destructive feeling. And so I'm sitting in the car. It's me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. And my dad is like, son, you okay? There's a pause. And I say to him, dad, she stole my defining moment. I knew at 10 years old, if I hit the game winner, that that would change the trajectory of my life forever. That was supposed to be the moment that I realized, hey, I can play this game. 
hey, I'm supposed to be feeling this buzzer beater feeling the rest of my life. And no, because of a technicality, something I couldn't control, that moment was snatched away from me. I had the understanding of how big that moment was. And not only that, I also understood what it was to grasp that moment and make it mine. And somebody snatched it back from me. That's why I was devastated. I knew. I knew that at some point, Ahmad Rashad would be telling that story of when Joseph Jesse hit that game winner when he was 10 years old after stopping that six foot eight center that couldn't go left and he forced him left the entire fourth quarter and hit the game winner. What? That was gonna is that is not a defining moment. I don't know what is.